0: Hello everyone, we're back with another episode of Merlissen. Today it's an episode review for the fifth episode of the first season Lancelot. My name is Momotastic and I'm here with my co-host, Miss Snowfox. And we have a guest again today and it's a person who's been on the podcast before and it is Vicky. Say hi Vicky. What up nerds, thank you for having me back. Woo! Woo! Alright, let's hear some news. Unfortunately, the signups for Murder and Remix closed a few days ago. The announcement popped up literally an hour after I was done editing the last episode, which is a thing that happens a lot in this fandom, so I apologize for not telling you in advance that this fest was going to be running, but like I said, the announcement came too late. However, there are plenty of other fests and challenges for you to participate in. The Merlin RPF community on LifeJournal, for example, is hosting a prompt fest, so have a look at that. The After Camlan Big Bang announced that the challenge will run again this year, however the schedule still hasn't been updated, so keep an eye out for that for whenever it gets posted. Merlin Olympics is still going for another week and you can still join! Then there's the Merladies Fest, a fest that's aimed at giving the ladies of Merlin a central role in fanworks, and that one will start in a week on February the 26th and run for a week. If you want to participate, all you have to do is create or recommend a fan work that focuses on a lady from Merlin or takes a different approach to someone's gender. In March, Merlin Memory Month kicks off. The prompts have been posted and you can start creating. Just please don't post before the month of March begins to make your entry count for the fest. Then there's also Merlin Canon Fest which announced that it's going to run again this year. Signups don't open until June, so there's still plenty of time for you to think about what episode of Merlin you want to claim and then create for. And last but not least, Coinlot, the Merthyr OTP convention, is looking for people who want to host panels at the convention. If you're interested in sharing something that you know a lot about and that's relevant to the show or the pairing in some way, get in touch with the organizers and let them know and that's it for news alright so I'm gonna give you guys a summary for this episode again we took this from the Merlin wiki Merlin barely escapes the attack of a magical winged creature when a young swordsman called Lancelot appears and fights the creature away saving his life grateful Merlin rushes Lancelot to Gaius to treat his wounds Lancelot confides in Merlin his dream of becoming a knight and protecting Camelot Merlin makes it his mission to convince Arthur of Lancelot's nobility and great fighting skills, for it he wishes to repay him by helping him become a Knight of Camelot, even if it means bending the rules. Or you know, it's also known as the one where everyone loves the new boy.
1: Including me and Vicky! (laughs) My son! I just... I can't <laughs> oh my God. it's oh okay I'm gonna get into my thoughts on it after Momo gives you guys statistics because she has a lot more chill about this episode than we do so yeah, uh,
0: basically the reason why Vicky has to be a guest on this episode is because she loves Lancelot as much as Roxanne does and I just don't <laughs> <laughs> and so it's gonna be the two of them loving him and me being so yeah he's alright it's going to be us <laughs> screaming and honking and then Mama like, so here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, statistics. The episode was first aired on the 18th of October 2008, which at the point of the recording of this uh, episode is almost nine years ago. Oh. There were two female characters in this episode. Again, it was Gwen and Morgana. And there were six male characters in this episode, the uh, Four main ones that we always have Arthur, Merlin, Guys, Uther, as well as Lancelot and Geoffrey of Monmouth. The enemy or monster of the week is, of course, the griffin, and Lancelot and Merlin kill this creature together. So, before we get into the whole what we liked, what we disliked about the episode, and I have a feeling it's going to be a lot more like than dislike <laughs> this week around. <coughs> Oh no, 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 no! I do, I do, I do have some things to say. <laughs> oh my so. god, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> anyway, before we get into that, let me just tell you guys a little bit about Griffins. So, to start us off, I'm gonna do my um, cross fandom cultural thing and quote Newt Scamander's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Egg. on Griffins. Griffins, they have the Ministry of Magic classification 4. 4, if anyone doesn't know, means they are dangerous, require specialist knowledge, and should only be uh, handled by skilled wizards. So, Merlin's definitely not the guy for the job. (laughs) (laughs) The griffin originated in Greece and has the front legs and head of a giant eagle, but the body and hind legs of a lion. Like sphinxes, griffins are often employed by wizards to guard treasure. Though griffins are fierce, a handful of skilled wizards have been known to befriend one. Griffins feed on raw meat. There you have it. That's what Scamander has to say on it. Lovely. Yeah. Now to quote another extremely credible source which is uh, Wikipedia? V- Wikipedia, exactly. Hey. <laughs> Ten points to Vicky. <laughs> Woo! that. Uh, Griffin is... The word Griffin is derived from the Greek word uh, gryphon or gryphon, rather. Um, Grypos itself means curved or hooked, and it might be a reference to its beak. The real um, etymological development of the word is not fully known, at least not, according to Wikipedia. And uh, griffins are much, described much the same throughout cultures and, and myths and legends. Always with the, front e- with the front end of an eagle or another giant bird. And the back end of a lion, sometimes a bull. The lion, because it's the king of beasts. And the eagle, because it's the king of birds. So the griffin is considered a majestic beast and occasionally even the king of all creatures because you know, it's half king, half king. So and as it said, even in commanders, it's known for guarding treasure. Which is interesting because that's definitely not what they were going for in the show, right? It just feeds on human flesh. Eat stuff, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So griffins have been depicted in the antique world all over. Iran, Egypt are the frontrunners. But there's also Syria and Anatolia. And they're just like a million millennium behind whatever Iran and Egypt did. And the Greek came in another 500 years later. Also Asia found their griffin love in the last centuries before Christ. So, you know, uh, griffins all over the world. There are other creatures that are similar to griffins, like sphinxes, the phoenix, and then a bunch of creatures from other cultures, like there's something like the griffin in Jewish mythology, in Hinduism, and many, many more. In the Middle Ages, griffins were even a religious symbol, and you can still find statues of griffins on churches. And that's because it was said that griffins mate for life. And if their mate dies, then they never go looking for another one. And of course, the church used this for anti-remarriage propaganda. So basically, the griffin was their marriage is for eternity symbol. And now I need someone to write me that Merlin AU, where the griffin attacks <laughs> Camelot because Uther was having an affair with someone and breaking <gasps> his marriage vows.
2: Now I'm so invested in these griffins all of a
0: sudden (laughs) (laughs) Also anyone wondering about hippogriffs Because you know I got into the Potter fandom earlier Hippogriffs are as the name might suggest A cross between a griffin and a mare So they're half horse and half griffin And that's why they're called hippogriffs Okay that much for you know Cultural education now we get to talk about the things we didn't like about this episode. Who wants to start? I don't mind. Like
1: I actually do have something to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so my biggest kind of thing with this episode is, uh, I mean, I probably anyone that would follow me on Tumblr or any kind of fandom media wouldn't even maybe know this, but I, um, in the actual kind of Arthurian lit portion of, you know, the whole legend. I love Arthur and Lancelot's relationship. Like one of my favorite books of all time is the mists of Avalon. And in that, I mean, it's a gigantic book, nearly like a thousand pages and the for just a quick background for anyone that doesn't know. It's um a retelling of the legend from the females perspective, mostly Morgane, who is meant to be Morgana. And in this particular retelling, the way that uh, you know, Guinevere and Arthur can't have a baby and the way that they try and get around it is, Um, Lancelot is obviously Arthur's best friend and he says to they come up with this plan that um, if the three of them do it all together then she can swear that the baby was made in the king's bed and no one will be none the wiser if that makes sense so that's so they basically have a threesome and it's like my yeah (laughs) and like I just like they are like my OT3 of like the legends but really like and OT3, yeah, and the thing is, is that, like, even though, I mean, you guys know how much I ship Lancelot and Gwen on the show, but, like, truthfully, like, I think Arthur and Lancelot as a ship, like, in the Legends, are, like, a tiny bit even above Lancelot and Gwen. Like, if I had to choose, like, g- like Arthur and Lancelot are just so much, like, angst and perfection as a ship, and, like... That is really one of the reasons why the legends are so tragic is because it was his wife and his best friend, like his other, like big love of his life. And I'm just like, this first episode, I just feel was so much, like I kind of call it the episode of wasted potential, like in that sense, because they really just don't go there with those two. They kind of have like the introduction where they're doing the hate to respect trope which we've seen like a lot and I just feel like we see so much more development of I mean I mean Merlin is the protagonist at this point Arthur doesn't really start getting his own kind of episodes and character development until later in the show but we I really feel for Merlin and Lancelot as a friendship from the get-go and I just don't feel it with Arthur and Lancelot at like a little like they have that kind of banter kind of like oh like you know these guys like trying to outdo one another and it's really cool but i just i don't really feel the chemistry there like i do between colin and santiago and i don't know if it is just the fact that bradley and santiago didn't quite bounce off each other maybe it's that the writing just wasn't quite there maybe i don't know i just feel like considering we know what they mean to each other in legend and where merlin and lancelot really you know, share very little in common in the legend at all when it comes to any kind of feelings. They're the ones we kind of latched onto, like, or that kind of became such a, like, ah, kind of thing for the fandom. And Arthur and Lancelot, just, even, even in later episodes, they have nothing like they have nothing and they're one of the main kind of cornerstones of the tragedy of the story so for me that was a big letdown that they they just didn't develop that relationship really at all in this first episode but what do you think about that vicky oh i'm the opposite
2: really i i was really feeling it in this episode i mean i'm i'm not really up on the a furry legend sort of thing. Actually, I didn't have a lot of knowledge when I first started the show. I knew there was a guy called Merlin. I knew there was a king bloke called Arthur. I knew he had a round table and knights. So that was the extent of my knowledge before I watched the show. And I I really felt the Ar- the Arthur and Lancelot on this thing, especially when he sort of goes behind his father's back to release him from the prison and the whole, but daddy, I love him thing. Uh, yeah, when he's wanting <laughs> about it. And his face when Lancelot says, I'm gonna
0: go. Yes. Heartbroken the boy. His little face. Like, talk about the boy with the abandonment issues.
2: I don't feel it as much in the other episodes, but this episode, I'm shipping this hard, fam.
1: Oh, maybe. I
2: feel like maybe because I felt the connection so much stronger
1: between Merlin and Lancelot that I just yeah. felt like there wasn't enough. La- like, you've got so... I mean, as you said, Momo, you've called this the episode where everyone loves the new boy. You've got three ships going on at once. Oh, four. I mean, if you count Merthyr, but they have so little interaction in this episode. Mm. But you've got Merlin and Lancelot, Lancelot and Gwen, and then Arthur and Lancelot. I just feel like Arthur and Lancelot, in my personal opinion, got the shortest straw out of the three for mm. me in terms of my feels because it was just one of those things where... I felt like Arthur felt really, really threatened by him and a bit jealous, but also slightly impressed at first, being mean to him as he usually is to everyone, and then kind of very quickly just kind of turning on, and then, you know, at the end, they have, like you said, Vicky, this kind of weird, like, staring-off contest where he's... But it's like, Arthur, you've shown no, like tenderness or interest towards this person or respect like you have to like leon or someone like in later seasons at all and it's like i don't believe for a second that you're sad to see him go like i'm like i genuinely feel like merlin's sad to see him go and gwen because they've shown that they actually want to be around him but arthur you've just kind of been either quite rude or very kind of meh like you know i don't know like maybe i just maybe it's just
0: you have to remember that this is early season one author who does not yet know how to express his feelings at all. Like when you say he has tender moments towards Leon, well that is season two and onwards. Author is already has already grown as a person at that point in time. And I think like especially with what uh Vicky says, like, you just have to watch author's face anytime Lancelot disappoints him in some way. It starts with uh Lancelot being exposed at not really being noble and Arthur just basically hiding his face the entire time because he doesn't want anyone to see how much this news is affecting him how much he's disappointed and and sad and, and upset by this and then at the end when Lancelot is like well I lied and this has brought conflict between the two of you and I cannot bear that burden and I have to go and then like Uther is even giving him a little nod of acknowledgement, being like, Well, fuck me. This boy actually has some integrity you know, like even <laughs> Uther falls in love with Lancelot at the end. Yeah. I and then know, like... and Arthur is just like his little disbelieving face at first like, Wait, you're just kidding, right? And then and then the realization sets in that Lancelot is not kidding, that he's in fact really going to go. And Arthur is like, But 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 you know, it's just I absolutely I side I definitely side with uh with Vicky here. Like I think I really think that um Arthur and Lancelot have more chemistry in this episode than Lancelot and Gwen have, for example. But I mean that's that's got to do with my personal beef with uh the Lancelot and Gwen ship, into which we will get when we do the the episode on uh on their pairing. But um I just think that... And especially you have to remember that between Arthur defeating Lancelot right when Lancelot tried out for the first time and then the fight where they beat each other with uh, broomsticks, there's at least, you know, it's implied that there's at least a week or more between the two events, even though it's not really, you know, shown on the episode. But it's it has to be at least a week between them because he's not going to go... Right the next day he's going to test out this boy to see if he's really, you know, made of sterner stuff and willing to debase himself and, and do menial tasks like, uh, you know, mucking out the stables. Yeah, and all of that. So, and I think Arthur has been watching Lancelot, maybe not the whole time, but a lot throughout that and then just, you know... <laughs>
1: Um, No, but I feel like I think what it could be as well, you know, for me, maybe is like because obviously the Merlin and Arthur relationship just hit us so strong and so hard. And obviously Merlin is Arthur's age. Like, in a sense, I feel like they almost replaced Lancelot's role in Arthur's life as the kind of best friend character with Merlin like in the show. So I feel like there's probably maybe maybe in my eyes, there's almost not even room for like another like another bond that strong between him and like another male character. Maybe that's what it is. But I will say though, like even though I don't necessarily feel the shipping feels like kind of the love kind of feels like I definitely do feel like the, uh, the scene where they are like fighting each other with the broomsticks is loaded with so much tension I'm literally just sitting there like, if you guys don't do something about this, I will.
2: <laughs> I mean, like... fam, fam. He pushes Lancelot, he's It's like, Lancelot, when he's like, to Come on, Lance, you're not beating a
1: carpet. And it's like, <sighs> oh my God, <laughs> what is going on here? And they're like, just in their white shirts. And it's just too much. It's too much.
0: I really, I really appreciate that white shirt that Lancelot is wearing because you see all his chest. here. like, who made the... Did Lancelot pick that himself, or could he just not afford anything else? But, you know, it's been bleached, so it must have cost something. And it's just, you know, you you chose to wear this because why? He's trying to impress everybody, isn't he? Yeah, with his chest hair.
1: I mean, I'm not a fan of chest hair, but some people are. I am. (laughs) Oh, there you go. I'm really not. So it's like, I was much more admiring bradley's outfit because he's a bit less intense in that way so i was just like oh hello like i'm not like i'm not a mad like i'm not madly in love with like arthur's like appearance even though like i think he is like kind of traditionally like handsome and like you know cheekbones and eyes and everything and blonde hair but like I'm definitely more of a Colin girl but like in that scene I am definitely just like oh my god you two, <laughs> you need to sort your shit out because this is just too much for me but yeah like that was my kind of shipper moment was in that scene especially like I'm sure I mean you guys have just recently re-watched the episode like where he's um they have, like, a couple of, kind of, like, moments where they try and hit each other. And then Arthur takes his, like, um like stick and kind of, like, pauses to kind of see what he's going to do. And then kind of, like, we're, like, really intensely staring at him. Like, kind of, like, kind of just kind of gently goes, like, dunk, dunk. And it's just kind of, like, do you know what I'm talking about? It's
0: yeah, he's, like, he's oh poking him with broomstick. That's what you mean.
1: He's provoking it. I'm, I'm just, like, dude, like, stop. But yeah, so I guess we're kind of segwaying into what we
0: liked by accident. No, yeah. But... Let's let's stop here for a second and go back to what we dislike. Vicky is here. What do you dislike about this episode? Uh, do you know, I'm genuinely
2: going through my notes and trying to find the only negative thing I can find is I think they gave Cabrera some really awful lines to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Lancelot will give a line and I'll cringe and I'll go like, Oh my god, I hope yeah. they paid you well. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, but Lancelot, you've already proved this to us.
1: But I have to prove it to myself.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like he he tries... I mean, you know, I can't even put this down as characterization because, like, Ansar is trying so hard to convey his, you know, his desire to be noble and good and honorable. And the way he chooses to do this when he can't fight is just to overcompensate by making his speech that more, you know... Um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe... Cringe? <laughs> Posh, maybe. It's so him, though. You know, he's just trying to to sound so eloquent and and uh, knowing and just uh, yeah. Like child, you're
2: trying. Yeah,
0: and I th- I feel like you know, okay, maybe the the writers just fucked it up, but on the other hand, I feel like that really works for his character. <laughs>
1: I mean, I would say that like, it's kind of too over the top for him, but, and I don't want to segue back into previous episodes, but I will just mention this over the, over the topness of these writers. These, this is coming from writers that in the Poison Chalice, when Arthur's hanging from his death on that precipice, he goes, who are you? And Nimue says, the last face you'll ever see.
0: (laughs) Even though he's facing (laughs) the rock. (laughs) Like, this is coming from
1: those kinds of writers good old season one god bless god bless because um yeah th- th- yeah the lines are very cringeworthy vicky you're
0: right in this episode <laughs> i have just a few minor things nothing nearly just as... a few <laughs> will you know i have a few bullet points but they're not nearly as in depth as uh uh what you said rocks or even you know character based like what Vicky said it's just um you know little plot holes like Lancelot hears Merlin uh make doing the spell <clears throat> even when he's like a nice distance away he's wearing his helmet he's racing towards the griffin and of course yeah Merlin shouts it once before saying it quieter but still Lancelot hears it and yeah Merlin says spells does magic in front of so many people at camelot over and over and nobody else notices i just like i mean i know you wanted lancelot to know that merlin has magic but you could have gone about it a different way he could have noticed that it, that his lawn started glowing i mean <laughs> yeah i mean to, to be fair lancelot kept it really cool
2: when his lance turned into a old lightsaber i'd have dropped it
0: so you know and why do we like this show but also that you know on the back of this criticism i'm like it convinces me even more that Arthur sort of knew about the magic pretty early on because merlin is not subtle not even a little bit and gaius keeps shouting about merlin not using magic while the door is open and so, and I'm convinced that Arthur knew and did just never said anything because he was waiting for Merlin to come and confide in him. And then at the end of season five, when Merlin finally owns up to it, Arthur isn't so much upset that Merlin didn't say it, like that Merlin has magic, but that Merlin just never said anything until Arthur is literally dying in his arms. <laughs> <laughs> like, the nobility lie. I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. So, anyway, that that's one thing. The uh, How how does nobody else notice that Merlin has magic? Also, where did Lancelot get the lance from? I mean, I know his name is Lance-a-lot. And at this point, I am bound to say, his name is Lance-a-lot. He likes to dance a lot. Anyway, where did he get the lance this from? This is beautiful. Lance a lot yeah that, that's a great amazing. line but seriously where did he get the the lance from none of the other knights had one i think it just it was just lying on the ground lance picked it up got on the horse i thought he was going because he went to her first to say suit me up yeah but but he didn't bring the lance with him he didn't have it while he was approaching the scene of the crime with merlin he didn't have it in his head he picked it up from the floor somewhere Oh man! Well. Oh, yeah. So where did he come from? This just because his name is Lance, he can summon one whenever Lance he needs definitely. it. This is his magic. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So also, uh, this episode really drove home that, especially in the first season, whenever Merlin has to learn a new spell, which uh, uh, Rox and I discuss probably in a future episode or have discussed in a past episode. I'm confused at this point. Um that Merlin stops learning new spells after the first season, but in the first season, he only learns new spells to, like, save Arthur's life, and he only ever masters the spell in the very last second. Like, why, if he's so great at magic, why can't at least one time a spell go right? Right from the start. What happened to the dog? (laughs) Yeah, what happened to the dog? The real questions. (laughs) And, um... Yeah, I also have this note about, um, because in this episode, Gaius um, has this moment where he tells Merlin that if anything happened to him, or or he just tells Merlin that he'd protect him if he were found out, and that he would give his life for him. And this is episode five. Now I'm thinking back to episode two. Uh, Valiant, when Rox and I talked about this, um, Gaius hesitates after Merlin asked him, Well, what would you do if someone found me out? And because at this point, Gaius isn't sure yet what he would do because he knows Merlin and he's sort of fond of the boy, but you know, not quite adopted son kind of level of fond. But now, three episodes later, he's like, I would give my life for you. And I'm just, How much time has passed? And this is a question we ask ourselves a lot. How much time has passed? I just
1: yeah, I don't I mean on the one t- like on the one hand hashtag character development,
0: but on the other hand uh Yeah, so, a bit of a plot hole there and just a uh, choppy choppy development. So moving on, let's get into what we like about this episode.
2: Everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a pretty that, good, like, I think it's a really good it's
0: episode. Of... I'll, yeah. I'll admit that it, it took me a while to come up with things that I didn't like, so
1: I find it's one of the, but I think it's very, I like, I'm ashamed to admit that it's actually one of the episodes that I tend to almost forget about because there are so <laughs> few Murtha moments. Because as a vidder, obviously, I use episodes a lot, but because there's like I vid mostly Murtha, like, if I'm vid, and I often have very little to use from that episode, in fact, nothing. So I very rarely go to it, but it's a very solid episode. Like when that promo comes on at the end of Poison Chalice and it's like, my name is Lancelot, you're like, oh, oh, okay, then like, you know, like we're getting into like really good legend stuff right now, you know, and you obviously know his name. And yeah, it's just uh, uh yeah I like I think it's a pretty solid my my thing that I really like about this episode actually that I just noticed recently we're getting some pretty interesting world building happening in this episode which we haven't I mean we kind of slow I I use the word world building very generously by the way but um like with the whole aspect of the uh the social structure of Camelot, that only noblemen can become knights because it's something that becomes obviously important for Gwen's character development. And then obviously Lancelot's and just the way that Arthur then chooses to knight people later. But the fact that that's something that is integral to the makeup of Camelot, only noblemen become knights. And they chose to do it, I think in a really interesting way that didn't feel too expositiony. Like it's part of, His journey as a character it's not it wasn't just dropped in there it was like they kind of had it at the right moment and they do kind of you know stick to that continuity for other characters which i think is really cool and even in season five when um arthur sees his father's ghost he's like you've you you chose peasants to become knights only noblemen can become knights so that actually becomes one of the threads of the sea of like the whole show which rarely happens in this show and i think it's really cool. Would have been nice if we could have a bit more of that social structure world building and you know kind of find out more about what makes Camelot tick as a society but i really appreciated that from a historical kind of nerd point of view. Cool. Vicky
0: talk about his hair.
2: His hair do the swoosh <laughs> and mine can't and i'm really angry. <laughs> <laughs> And I do have a wig, so it's
1: fine. <laughs> I don't like his long hair. I'm just going to say it. I prefer it short.
2: See, I hated the short hair at first, but now I'm sort of used to it. And then he, it was long
0: again for the musketeers. So ah, i fair v- enough. Yet again, I'm with uh, Vicky. The first time I saw him with short hair, I was like, no, that's all wrong. <laughs> but now I'm used to I it. I love the
1: short <laughs> hair. I mean,
0: I'm, I'm I'm very
1: indifferent about, like, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in him as a person. Yeah, sure you, know, you are. But, um, no, honestly, because, I mean, really, I just... I think he's just the most amazing puppy, like, that ever did live. And he's just, like, the most... Like, he's so, like, freaking, like, just... She doesn't even have words. Like, sweet and, like, sincere. Like, he's so oh, yeah. sincere in this episode. Like, you just... Oh, I mean, Vicky,
2: just carry on for me, because I can't even, like... like, Apart from Mordred, best papa. (laughs) 50 out of 10, pap hair. (laughs) Oh. He's just, like... (laughs) And, I mean, his whole backstory, I I
1: think, is just, like... I mean, it's so tragic. I mean, obviously, we'll get into this in the character episode, but just in this episode, we get his only his backstory, nothing that's happened to him since he then leaves Camelot, but... He's not had it easy. Like, you know, he's, you know, his family was killed right before his eyes when he was a kid. You know, he comes from a very poor background. He's come to Camelot to, you know, chase his dreams and make something of himself. He's, like, like learned how to fight on his own. He's not had a teacher. He's done it all by himself, like, worked his ass off for years. And all he wants is to prove himself and serve others and be a good person. And, like... He's just, and then it's like, no, you can't because you're not a nobleman. And it's just yeah, boy. Oh, so heartbreaking.
2: Bet in my
1: son. It's just like, oh. And, like, you know,
2: Lancelot and Gwen, <laughs> I just love them so much. Oh, I know. The whole, the whole scene where Lancelot first meets Gwen and it's oh. because- I will always appreciate the fact that Angel Colby wasn't actually meant to drop to her knees and measure around his leg. Really? No. I, mean, she did I can just imagine Santiago standing there going, "Oh no, is that?" <laughs> that's expensive. why.
1: That's why he sounds so like I always like whatever you say, Mama. Like I know you're not a fan of their relationship, but I think that scene is just written so beautifully because they are so like the way that these two actors like interact around each other they're so clearly like crushing on one another and they can't deal with it in that scene and I hand just kiss
0: rocks. hand kiss. I mean I can look at it and I mean because I know how shipping works and I know how to read into things because I'm a shipper myself so yeah I can I can see people shipping Gwen and Lancelot and why they ship it and not just because Arthurian legend blah 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 but Maybe it's my own bias or whatever, but for me, Gwen in this very first episode with Lancelot—I mean, yes, she likes him. She admires his his uh, his honor, his uh, you know personal nobility, even if not birth nobility but you know just the his integrity that's what i'm looking for she admires his integrity and she's all for you know fighting the system and getting a peasant in as a knight because she's clearly in on the ruse um so you know but we're still in the first season where gwen is very obviously like even in a later scene in the episode crushing on merlin
2: True. And I I
0: feel like, you know, she's still like she likes Lancelot and I think that she, she realizes herself that if she spent more time with Lancelot, if she got to know him better, that maybe she would feel more for him. At at the moment I feel like in the first episode it's just, you know, more or less platonic admiration, while Lancelot clearly is gone from the very first second so i i definitely you know there's a the whole love theme playing in the background and i'm like yeah lancelot is gone lancelot is totally yeah. gone on her um more than <laughs> he like, was I'm on merlin more this... than he is on author he's yeah. totally gone on gwen like if you had <laughs> like, to like pick...
1: i'm not saying that there's feelings there like i know that she's not like got this massive crush on him like like she's totally crushing on merlin in like taylor swift style but like i feel like there is definitely there is like it's it's not even like a spark thing. It's just the energy exchanges between the two of them in that scene. Like it, there is definitely some kind of like attraction. And I think it's the little things like it's the small things that Angel does. It's like, where she's like, Oh, can you just lift your arms up for me? And she's just like all nervous about it. And it's just like, Oh, it's just too much. Like, she's just so like, Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to curb this year a little bit. and just going to go through the things I liked in this episode. And then you can just bounce off that whenever you want to. Okay. What I noticed is um, the, the family that Merlin chose to uh, make Arthur... Uh, sorry, Lancelot pose as the uh, Lord of Northumbria. His crest. Have you ever looked at it? Because there's the, there's the house motto on it and I noticed it. And it says uh, Virtus Veneratio Fidelitas, which is Latin, Latin for Strength, Honor, Faith. And I think that's why Merlin chose it. He looked at the at the house motto and he was like, yeah, that's the one. That's my yeah. boy. So, because before I always thought he, he picked the house because, well the suit already has four sons, what's one more? You know, which might have been a reason but also I think the, the house motto played a big part. So, <clears throat> also I need to uh, appreciate for a second how bravely Santiago fought against the green screen. In the very beginning, with the uh, with the Griffin, because you know that's some that's some stellar green screen fighting there. No, this makes me angry, and let me tell you why. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Apparently, how this was shot was uh, reject Buckbeak was actually a man chasing Santiago and Colin Morgan through a forest with a tennis ball on a stick. <laughs> I would have done that for free. <laughs>
0: Did they ask? <laughs> <laughs> i So, Vicky, you realize you have to do this photo shoot now. <laughs> Coin a lot 2018,
2: guys. <laughs> Vicky runs after you with a tennis ball
0: and a stick screaming. Oh, oh. gosh. So, um, there's also another thing I liked in this episode is, like, just Arthur's entire face, I mean, I know Arthur's entire, like, (laughs) Arthur's face in general is one of my favorite things, but, like, in this episode, his face is so expressive. Like I said earlier, you know, how his face looks when Lancelot does something that disappoints Arthur, or or surprises him in a bad way, but also when Lancelot surprises him in a good way. Uh, His face is really expressive. But also then, please appreciate The face he makes when he defeats that knight in five seconds flat. Like, not Lancelot, the one he fought before. Like, he's just... He looks so disgusted. It's adorable. I love it. (laughs) He's so done with all of them. And (laughs) I know I've said this before, or I'm sure I've said this before, but I'm I'm so happy that Bradley chose not to put on, like, a cool-looking face whenever he does a fight scene. Like, he honestly looks like a soldier... Or night fighting, like he's concentrating on the fight. He doesn't care what his face looks like, and that makes for some truly hilarious faces that he makes. But it's just, you know, he's he's concentrating on the job, and like he's fighting to defeat a beast, or to save his life, or to save someone else's life, which is to prove a point. And it shows on his face. He's just not he's not doing it to look cool. So his <laughs> face is just. I love his face. But yeah, I also made a note, um, like in the scene where Gwen takes Lancelot's measurements because now when I rewatched it yesterday Um (laughs) When I I rewatched it yesterday I did get a little bit more of a Gwen is maybe sort of interested in Lancelot vibe and I just felt like in this episode uh, in this scene she was just like fantasizing a lot about a threesome with the two of them, like with Merlin and Lancelot together because she keeps coming back to, Oh yeah, Merlin and, and you know, we need people like you and Merlin is so great, isn't he? And I'm like, Yeah, I get oh. it. And then like Yo. and
1: and like you said, when she like goes for like when like Lancelot's fighting and he swings for oh like Arthur swings for his head and Gwen grabs Merlin's shirt and she's looking at Lancelot but grabs Merlin's shirt and I'm just like O T three like this is what O T threes are made oh, look of. Rock.
0: Yeah, Rock's already mentioned Arthur's wonderful outfit in the broomstick fighting scene because I put that down as well I love the deep cleavage he has going on there also this necklace that he's wearing which I don't think I've ever seen again or before like the thriller jacket it just disappeared from the wardrobe at one point or yeah, another <laughs> a lot of Arthur's wardrobe disappears after I think season 2 like in season 5 he has two outfits chainmail or the white shirt that's, that's all he wears in season 5 or just trousers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, then what else do I have? Merlin and Lancelot have shared a room for at least two weeks or so, like I said. There's it's implied that time passes and no one ever questioned that. I mean, you know, it's it's fine they share a room. They probably shared a bed because there's not much space for another for another bed in there so
1: i imagine one of them would have slept on the floor because we see the characters like sleep on the floor yeah, i mean merlin like, probably
0: would because he's used to sleeping on the floor but come on lancelot, lancelot is too noble to let merlin sleep on the floor the entire time so either they switched and and you know lancelot slept on the floor on the floor every other night or at one point he was just like you know what let's spoon up and share Can you imagine the near argument that probably occurred over who's going to sleep on the floor first? Because they're both
2: noble AF about this sort of thing. I feel like Merlin would have just
1: not let Lancelot argue because he was actually injured and dying. So I feel like he would have won that that argument pretty quickly. But yeah, all the two of them.
0: Then there's this whole scene where they are celebrating that Lancelot um, became a knight. And, like, Arthur and Merlin, uh, Arthur and Lancelot are sitting on the table. And, like, why are they sitting on the table? Can't they sit on the bench like normal people? But they're, they're sitting on the table and there's the whole, you know, do you think her beautiful yeah. scene, you know? And what I love is that throughout the entire scene, um, the theme of Lancelot Gwen and the theme of Arthur Morgana are overlapping. If you listen to the music you have the Morgana Arthur music that we know from the first episode and the Lancelot Gwen music that we heard earlier while she was taking his measurements. It's overlapping. They're playing both at the same time because clearly that's the two pairings that are shown in this in this moment. I just I really like that moment. But the music Before that scene I've just got written. Arthur and Lancelot
2: mirror each other. I had to pause to pace the room for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. like the this sh- do you know what there's shipping
1: potential in this episode and what like how has it happened that out of all the, like out of all the things i can think of now this episode has one of the biggest potentials for ships in season one
0: so far i, I have my theory but not Mirtha. like there's no there's Mirtha. i'm sorry but i will have to disagree there is Mirtha, even if not as much as the other ships but I'm getting now to the quoting section of my what I liked about this episode. Um, fairly early on, after um, Merlin is like, "What well, we're gonna make you knight?" and then he's like, "I'll talk to Arthur right now." and Lancelot's like, "You know Arthur?" And Merlin is like, "Oh yes, oh yes." Yeah. <laughs> the way he said it is just like, <laughs> "I know him better than anyone." Then of course there's the, there's a the scene with Arthur. You'll face the ultimate killing machine, myself. <laughs> Why is he so extra? (laughs) It's Arthur. He's just like, and his dad is Uther. I mean, that says it all.
1: And like the bitch slap when Lott hands over his seal of nobility.
2: (laughs) That's my favourite part of the whole, that's my (laughs) favourite scene of the whole
0: thing. Look, I love the boy, you know, but I could watch a gif of that all day. And then like, Lance a lot. (laughs) The way he says his name is just
1: but I don't understand that moment because like why would you just slap someone around
2: the face? <laughs> let me tell you, Rox, because I've written it all down. This what is the best watch? This is the best scene in the episode, and let me tell you why. Lancelot has met the love of his life. One of it, she reciprocates his feelings by, let's be honest, making him a pumpkin outfit for his big interview. If I rather, I would backhand him for that. <laughs> 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 that that is, is amazing. Lancelot bless him. He get yo, I'm ready now, sire. You are, are you? You didn't need to look him up and down like that, Arthur, but I appreciate you did. After Arthur gives up Lancelot's stable work, Lancelot looks at Merlin like I've hecked up here, aren't I? And Merlin does that little thumbs up. Yeah, Merlin's like, when Yeah, he, he likes he you. To he makes people. And, look the, to and the closing shot is Lancelot regretting every single choice in his life that <laughs> led to the previous thirty seconds.
1: Uh, and also, like, I, I actually feel like maybe Arthur backhanded him because he probably got wind that Lancelot was sharing a room with Merlin, and I feel like.
2: Oh that... yeah. Pre- previously, when they were watching the test, you're telling me Arthur didn't notice there's this sudden dude leg cocking next to Merlin. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> I counted them there are three Cabrera Legcocks in this episode <laughs> I have a tally oh isn't there oh and can we just say god bless for
1: the moment I completely forgot actually until this moment the beautiful exchange of when Lancelot finally like wins the fight and he says do you submit sire and then immediately after that just the on your knees and it's just like what is happening <laughs> What am I watching? <laughs> because it's not a 6 it's 50 p.m. shades of <laughs> I,
2: I think by then Cabrera had accepted. Okay, it's that type of fantasy <laughs> I don't <have> idea. <laughs> oh. I will say though, like just quickly to
1: segue from that, because like literally one of my favorite cuts, like ever. Is that moment where Arthur like like he's like kneeling in front of Arthur and then it like
0: cuts straight to him being knighted? It's so gorgeous, like that. Mm. The
1: entire composition
0: and like when he gets up, the way the sun is streaming in through the windows. I was thinking that yesterday as I watched. I was like, this is a gorgeous shot. God bless the cinematographer. We'll get to that episode at
1: some point, but literally that shot is
2: ah, I love it. But yeah, that is beautiful. So oh yeah, so I was going to tell you about why this is the second best scene. Because it, Lancelot can't actually lie. He's awful. L- listen, you may appreciate this moment because I'm about to liken it to Kevin Pressure. Yay! Right, look, in this scene, we, when Uther is speaking to Lancelot, we discover Lancelot can't actually lie. He's, well, he can, but he's awful at it. Now, you know, in Kevin Pressure, there's a thing about Arthur can't lie or he'll fall over. Lancelot even wobbles when Uther says, last time I checked, he had four sons. And Lancelot wobbles like he's about to fall under the crushing weight of this fib. <laughs> oh my <God>. And when <laughs> Uther leaves him, he looks like he's about to faint, the poor boy. <laughs> oh you, know, you can't actually lie. You, well, you can, but you're awful for it, you poor child. You're too noble. The best part he's is just earlier when we were pure. talking
0: about a two- who gets to sleep on the floor? I was thinking of Arthur Shappy from Cabin Pressure because he is excited about sleeping on the floor because he gets to sleep in a bed anytime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh Confirmed. God, Lancelot like... is actually Arthur Shappy, or Arthur Shappy is actually uh, Lancelot reincarnated. Awesome. Oh, hey. Um, just a few more quick things before we finally close this episode. Um, in the you know vein of um, this whole do you submit sire and on your knees <coughs> at the <laughs> at the near the end when uh, Arthur frees Lancelot from the dungeons Arthur is like I only wish to serve let me ride with you sire and I'm just like if you took out the with in this sentence that's just basically you know Lancelot definitely submitting to Arthur I only wish to serve let me ride <coughs> you sire like, we'll get to this
1: at another episode, but like, if there was any doubt in the, like anyone's mind that Arthur was a Dom, like, this episode is just like the one to show them. And I'm just like, I will fight anyone that says otherwise. I just, I can't, I can't with him. And I'm not even like a massive Arthur fangirl, like, I love him, but even I was like, oh, hot damn. Like,
0: so and one of my favorite scenes of the entire show is also in this in this episode it's also during oh. the yeah it's also during the um celebration after Lancelot got knighted and it's like the scene that's happening at the same time when Lancelot and Arthur are talking about whether they prefer Gwen or Morgana and it's then Gwen talking to Merlin and Merlin is like well if you had to choose between Lancelot and Arthur who would you choose? And Gwen is like, well, I don't, I don't have to, and I never will. And I'm like, yay! <laughs> foreshadowing, way to reference the whole legend and foreshadowing of this of this show. I just, I love this, I love this little scene, this little cheeky moment. And then of course, like Man is like, well, you wouldn't know your type if he stood right next to you. And Gwen is like, well, I'm sure you're right about that. <laughs>
1: Literally like she might like I'm surprised that Gwen didn't write the song Teardrops on My Guitar. Like I see I just can't with this ship. Like, how is this not more popular and why didn't they not get a chance to be together at least for a little bit? <laughs> Who's who just did that? Was that Marlon? No, mom that, was Vicky. Vicky. Sorry, that, that was Vicky. That was Vicky. That was Vicky. Do you agree with me on the Merlin and Gwen front?
0: Like just the amount of I potential. Know, it was
2: dropped so suddenly.
0: Yeah yeah it was dropped suddenly, but so were many things, like Arthur and Morgana were dropped suddenly too, and Merlin and Morgana got never really much mentioned beyond the first episode as a pairing, yeah, I mean
1: again, like my whole kind of ongoing thread of points about the Arthur and Morgana relationship continues with this episode, and how like I mentioned this because I was a, quite a big shipper of them back way back in the day, and I'm just like you know. Literally, I would actually argue the best developed relationship on the show for the season that it was developed for Mm -hmm. uh, then got dropped. But, you know, developed much more successfully than Martha, I think, just in the actual, like, progression of their relationship. It's like little bits here and there, but it kind of gets where it needs to. It's suffering from hate and bickering to, by the end, her willing to, you know, wanting to save his life. Like, it's definitely a good progression, and they had a sweet moment in this episode. I really appreciate that. Got dropped. I'm still bitter. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it.
0: (laughs) Well, at least, finally, at the very end of the episode, you know, Lancelot had to say goodbye to to Arthur, because he felt he had to say goodbye, and and Arthur got his heart broken yet again. But at least he sort of managed to hoist a Pendragon cape on on Lancer, because as he rides away, he's you know he's he's got the red print pen dragon swooshy cave. did so What did he do? He probably had to sell it.
1: <laughs> sell it to eat <laughs> to buy his way out of slavery, because he's clearly not in a good place. Next time we meet him,
0: oh
2: yeah, I'll I'll bring this. I'll maybe bring, bring this up later, but they did a novelization of the Lancelot Long Gwenevere episode. I know they did. <laughs> there's at least two pages of what happened to Lancelot between Sir sort of, Camelot and Engist. and it's all just awful. <laughs> well, you
0: know. that's what I would expect. <laughs> yeah. All right. And I think that's all we have time for today on the episode of Lancelot. If, any of you guys listening want to get your opinion in, want to share whatever you like or dislike about this episode, about Lancelot, the character in this episode, or any of the other characters in this episode? If you want to share your favorite moment that we somehow forgot to mention, then please email us or send us a recording. And that's it, I think.
1: Yes. Thank you very much for listening, guys. I'm Miss Snow Fox.
0: I'm a matastic.
2: and I'm Vicky. Thank you guys. See you next time.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.